Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hey everybody, good morning and uh, welcome to Christ Community Chapel. I am so, so glad that you are here. Uh, welcome those of you uh, in our East service, those of you who are tuning in online, welcome. And of course, all of you here in the West service. All right, this is a, uh, an exciting week for our church. Uh, this Thursday night, we launch our first ever Thursday night worship service. It'll be just like this service. You know, we've been telling everybody that uh, this is the service that you invite people who are very busy on the weekends and they can come Thursday night. But about three weeks ago, somebody came up to me and they said, hey, I thought of, a new, of another group that you can be inviting to Thursday night. Those are people who work third shift. He said, I have a friend who works third shift and he sleeps during the day and he hates to break his routine on Sunday. So my friend said, I, I told him about Thursday and I invited him to come. And I, I love that. I love that for a couple reasons. One is I love that we are able to provide a Thursday night worship service. And I want to thank all of our staff who've been working so hard to make that possible and all of you who have volunteered to help Thursday night. But I also love it that my friend was thinking of a whole group of people who could come and worship Thursday who might not come on Sunday and that he invited his friend. Now that's the heart we want to have here at CCC. You know, we have uh, these big goals, these three huge goals. If you're new uh, to our church, uh, three years ago, uh, we, had, we announced that we had three 30-year goals, and they are represented in the hallways flanking this sanctuary and down, down towards East Hall, towards the gym. And our three goals are simply everyone, every community, everywhere. Everyone, every community, everywhere. Our every one goal is that by the year 2050, we want everyone within a 10-mile radius of this church to have a Christ following friend. And that just means if, if you want to be a part of that goal and you love Jesus, you just have to be friendly, right? Just be, be nice. That's number one. The second one is every community. We want to plant 60 churches in Northeast Ohio so that every neighborhood in Northeast Ohio has a place where they can go to hear about Jesus, how Jesus loves them, how Jesus came for them, how through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, they can be reconciled to God and have real life, real peace, real joy. And then finally, everywhere, everywhere. We want by the year 2050 to give $30 million to global missions so that people everywhere will know about Jesus, which is why we are hosting this global weekend. We're all the giving for this weekend will go to our global partners, some of which are out in the atrium, and please stop by and see them, right? Now, three weeks ago, I actually was in West Africa. I went uh, with 
a group called the Timothy Initiative, which they actually have a booth out there. And uh, the Timothy Initiative, they plant churches all over the world, and they are looking at uh, two countries, Togo and Benin in West Africa. So I went there on a trip just to see what they were doing. And I didn't realize before I went that uh, those two countries are where voodoo originated. I just didn't know. Uh, Voodoo was actually exported via slaves to Haiti and then came uh, to New Orleans from Haiti. So it's a pretty dark place, and we went to a little village in Benin where they had planted a church just six months earlier. And as we walked up uh, to these people that were uh, meeting under a Nipah hut, there were like 40 or 50 people, and uh, they were singing a worship song, and I didn't recognize the words, but I recognized the tune because it's one of our worship songs, which is very cool. But uh, when I went up there, they ended up telling us, and they pointed to a tree that was like 50 feet away. It was this gnarly tree with a, a cement trough right by it. And they said, uh, that's the tree where we would go and pray to demons, and they would tell us what we needed to sacrifice, and then we'd sacrifice it there. And of course, the trough was stained red with blood. And it struck me that six months earlier, if any of those people were looking to connect spiritually, the only place they could go was to that tree, to demons. But now, Jesus had come. And it made me think of 1 Peter chapter 2, where Peter says we exclaim the marvelous, exclaim the, uh, let me see, what's it say? Uh, Oh, declare the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I think those people in that village had been in darkness and light had come. That's why we are passionate about global missions, right? So we are looking at uh, Matthew chapter 28. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 28. If you're going to use one of our pew Bibles here in the sanctuary or one of the Bibles in the back of East Hall, it's on page 784, page 784. Listen, if you are not familiar with the Bible, uh, don't be intimidated uh, when we name different books to turn to. You don't have to be intimidated by that. If you ever come to a Bible study or anything, just know that every Bible has a table of contents. And so you can look at the table of contents and find the book. All right, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a Bible. Uh, you can just go to our Next Steps area, and they will give you a Bible. All right? So Matthew chapter 28. Uh, it's, it's a pretty uh, famous three verses. It's called the Great Commission. It's where Jesus is giving his disciples their, their 30-year goal. Right? If you think our 30-year goals are aggressive, just imagine being one of the disciples where Jesus looks at you and says, go into every nation and make disciples, right? They didn't even know where every nation was or how to get there or what to do once they got there, right? You know, when I was in Togo and Benin, I was there with uh, the chairman of the board of the Timothy Initiative, and we were talking about this passage. And uh, he said, you know, what they do is they, they map out where churches are needed in a country, a lot the way we mapped out where churches are needed in Northeast Ohio. If you're not familiar with what we did, we spent a year 
looking at all the different neighborhoods in Northeast Ohio, trying to find churches that taught about, that teach about Jesus. Now, it seems weird that there'd be a church that doesn't teach about Jesus. But, you know, Pastor Zach tells the story about why he and his wife, Amy, planted a church at University Circle. Like, they went to Cleveland, and they were praying about whether God wanted them to plant a church. They went to University Circle, went to the information kind of uh, area there, talked to a lady, and said, hey, we're looking for an evangelical church. And the lady said, what's that? And they said, oh, you know, it's a church that believes the Bible is true and that Jesus is the only way to God. And the lady laughed and said, there are a lot of churches here, but no church teaches that. And that's when Zach and Amy said, okay, this is the place we're going to plant a church. So we look all over, and we have found 60 neighborhoods that don't have a single church that tells people that. And what we did in Northeast Ohio, TTI is doing uh, in whole countries. But the chairman of the board said, you know, Joe, when, when Jesus gave this instruction to the disciples, they had no idea where even every nation was. Now, for the, the first time in history, we not only know where every nation is, we are actually getting close to knowing where every single village is that doesn't have anyone telling them about Jesus. We're going to do it. All right. So in Matthew chapter 28, as I was studying it, I, I saw something that I had never seen before. And I, I love that about the Bible, that I can see things all the time that I've never seen before. But in uh, chapter 28, uh, at the very beginning of the chapter is the resurrection. Uh, the women go to the tomb of Jesus. They find the stone rolled away. The tomb is empty. There are angels there. The angels say those famous words to the women. He is not here, for he has risen. And then they run out of the tomb. They run smack dab into Jesus. And Jesus says, listen, go tell my disciples to meet me in Galilee. And so the women go to the disciples. They tell the disciples, go meet Jesus in Galilee. And when they meet Jesus in Galilee, this is, the, this is what he says to them. And it's the first time that out of Jesus' own mouth, he is telling them the impact of the resurrection. And this is what it says. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus, I think, says three things about the impact of his resurrection. First, he says, this is the impact of the resurrection on me. And then he says, on you. And then he says, on us. First, when Jesus gives the impact of the resurrection on himself, he says this, all authority in heaven and on earth, has been given to me. That is stunning. Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. I don't know if you've been around somebody who has a lot of authority. Uh, I have friends that are owners of companies. They don't, they don't just, they're not just CEOs, they're not just presidents, they like own the company. And they have a lot of authority. I remember being with one of them a few years ago. 
And we, he, we were walking around his company, and he was introducing me to people. And we walked by an office, and there was just one guy in this little office, and uh, he was working on something on his computer. And my friend said, hey, Dave, what are you working on? And this guy immediately turned it, took his computer and turned it. Right? And I, you know, so I saw what he was working on, too. If I was by myself, and I walked by that office, and I said, hey, buddy, what are you working on? The guy would just gone, who, who are you? Right? But there are benefits of being with somebody with authority. Later on, he asked me if I wanted a cup of coffee, and he sent somebody to go get coffee for me. Right? Benefits of being around somebody with authority. You know, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle lists out the benefits of knowing Jesus. He says that we have spiritual, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. We have reconciliation with God. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, he says, this is why we have all those benefits. He says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. In the ancient world, if you were seated at the right hand of the king, it meant you had all authority. And if you knew the person, if you were friends with the person who was at the right hand, it meant you had a very, very powerful advocate. There's a story in Acts chapter 7 where there's a man named Stephen who is preaching. And Stephen is fearless. And he's preaching and he's talking about Jesus and, and how people, that Jesus is the only way to God. People are getting madder and madder. And finally, the, the crowd decides to kill Stephen. But he is not afraid. And the way they killed people back then is they picked up big rocks, hit you with big rocks. And so they're starting to throw rocks at him. And he, he actually prays that God would forgive the people who are killing him. How does somebody have that kind of peace, that kind of courage, that kind of grace? And then what, what happens is that Stephen says, I see the heavens opened, and I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of the throne. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I see the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth, and he's standing to welcome me because he loves me. The first thing that Jesus says, because I have risen from the dead, is I have all authority in heaven and on earth, and it's mine. It's mine. The second thing he says is the impact that it has on you, on me. He says, go therefore. Well, this is what he says. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore. Okay, whatever he's going to say next has got to be super important, right? Because you can't get a stronger preamble than that. Like my friend, you know, who owned the business, he doesn't walk around going, all authority in this company is mine. But if he ever did say that, whatever he says next, if you want to keep working at that company, you better pay attention to, right? <laughs> Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Therefore, go make disciples, right? Tell people, teach people, baptize people. Right? I have a whole hodgepodge of thoughts about this, and I've, I've kind of narrowed it down to th three 
don'ts, right? The first don't is this. Don't disobey Jesus. Don't say no to Jesus. The second was don't be afraid. And the third is don't underestimate Jesus. But with don't say no to Jesus, this is not a suggestion to those of us who are followers of Jesus. Jesus says, if you're my follower, this is what you do. Right? You, you make decide. You want to know why our church is so passionate about mission? Why we talk all the time about everyone, every community, everywhere? Why we have a global mission Sunday where all the giving goes to global mission? This is why. This is why. We don't want to say no to Jesus. Can you imagine somebody in my friend's company looking at him and going, no. No. Jesus wants you to be on mission with him. Praying, giving, going. And this is what's interesting. It can be going as some, to a place as far away as Togo. It can be going next door because what the language actually says is Jesus says, while you are going, make disciples. While you are going to school, while you are going to work, while you are going on your business trip, while you are going to meet with friends, be thinking all the time, how do I make disciples How do I tell? How do I teach? How do I get them to come to be baptized? Jesus says, do this. So don't say no to Jesus. The second thing is don't be afraid. And don't be afraid is kind of connected to don't underestimate Jesus. I think a lot of us, uh, we we don't share our faith with friends or with neighbors because we're afraid. And And sometimes we don't even know what we're afraid of, right? I mean, I, um, but what this passage says is that Jesus is with us. And I, sometimes I forget that. When I'm sharing the gospel with somebody, I almost always uh, use uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. I love this verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that for two reasons. One, it says that, God shows his love toward us while we were sinners. That means when you were at your very worst, God loved you the very most. No one does that. No one loves you at your worst because no one knows you at your worst except for God. The other thing I love about this is it said Christ sacrifices himself for us. You know, when I was in Benin, it struck me that as I was worshiping with that church, those people who had become Christians, and we looked over at that tree with the trough, they said, that's where we sacrifice the demons, that every other God requires us to sacrifice ourselves for them. Only Christianity teaches that God sacrificed himself for us. But when I'm sharing that with somebody, I can share that. And then every once in a while, things just, it just seems kind of crazy, like far-fetched, especially when I get to the point where I say to them, listen, if you believe that and you ask Jesus, then he will not only reconcile you to God, but he will come into you, right, and change everything about you. And the thing I have to remind myself of is that I'm not just trying to get them to agree to the teachings of Christianity. What I'm doing is introducing them to a person. And that person resurrected, defeated sin and death and said, all authority on heaven and earth is mine. 
And if I can just get them to, to know Jesus, to say, I want to know Jesus, if you just say that, then the living God will come inside of you and change everything about you, right? Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. Go make disciples. Don't say no. Don't be afraid, right? And finally, right, you got to make sure that you continue to do it, right? That, that you don't be afraid because he is with you. And that brings me to my third point, which is what Jesus says to us, to us. The last part of uh, chapter 28 in verse 20 says this. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the, the ESV. Um, that is uh, the English Standard Version. You know, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, and it's changed. They translated it into all different languages, but this is the, what we feel like is the best translation for English. That's why we recommend it. That's why we use it. But whenever you're translating something from one language to another language, there are little things you can miss. Not big things, but little things. And there are two little things I think we miss in that last part of verse 20. And the first thing is that word behold. Behold is a good word, uh, but it's just not a, a word I use very much. Like, I don't know the last time where I've said to somebody, behold, right? Uh, we... Uh, about a week and a half ago, we had uh, a surprise birthday party for Zach for his 40th uh, birthday. And it was like a, a normal thing. You know, we're all standing in the dark waiting for him to come in. But the person who opened the door, you know, for that party didn't go, behold. <laughs> they said, surprise. That's a good word. Jesus goes to his disciples, and he gives them this crazy goal. He says to them, go and make disciples of every nation. They have no idea what that means, right? And then I think Jesus paused maybe to let it sink in, and the disciples are looking at him like, really? And then Jesus goes, surprise, I'm going with you, right? What a great surprise, that the one with all authority in heaven and earth says, I will go with you. Right? You are not alone. That's one word. The other word is the word you. When he says, I will go with you, I will be with you. Now, that word you is plural. You know, we, we don't have a plural you in the English language, except if you live in the South, we say y'all. Right? This is Jesus saying, surprise, I'm going with y'all. Right? <laughs> And there's a reason that's important, because a lot of us think, oh, you know, this is saying that Jesus will be with me personally wherever I go, and that's true, but that's not what he's saying here. He's saying something else. And that, the reason that's important is that 80% of American Christians say they can be strong Christians without ever being a part of a church. And that's not what Jesus teaches. Jesus says, you will know me best in community when you're with each other. And that makes sense. Let me tell you why. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves. 
And what he did was he took the four different words for love uh, that are in the Greek language, and he talked about, you know, that's another thing. In the English, we only have one word for love. Like I say, I love pizza, and I love my wife, Karen, which is crazy. Just by the way, I love my wife, Karen, a lot more. I just want to be clear. But uh, one of the words for uh, love is the word for brotherly love or friendship love, phileo, where we get the word Philadelphia. And C.S. Lewis said, um, the way he explained it is, uh, C.S. Lewis had two really, really good, good friends, a guy named Charles and a guy named Ronald. Ronald uh, happened to be J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote Lord of the Rings. But C.S. Lewis said that Charles died, and one of the ways that C.S. Lewis tried to console himself was to say to himself, well, now that Charles is gone, I will be spending more time with Ronald, so I'll have more of Ronald. But he realized when he spent time with Ronald that there were parts of Ronald's personality that only Charles could bring out. And what C.S. Lewis said is, I realized that without Charles, instead of having more of Ronald, I actually had less of Ronald. And if that's true with a normal human being, how much more true is it of Jesus? Listen, your Christian friends know things about Jesus that you don't know. You have experienced things with Jesus that your Christian friends have not experienced. Jesus is telling the disciples, listen, I'm giving you this huge goal, this huge command. I want you to go to everyone, everywhere, every community, and tell them about me. And surprise, I'm going with you, right? Do it together. That's what we want to do here at CCC. Jesus resurrects. And he says, all authority in heaven and earth is mine, is mine. Therefore, go make disciples. Don't say no to Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't underestimate Jesus. And surprise, he goes with you, even to the end of the age. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we come to you, and I'm so, so grateful I'm grateful that uh, you sent Jesus for us, that we have such good news to share. I pray that uh, every one of us uh, will uh, be on mission. We'll be praying and giving and going so that people everywhere can be reached with this good news. That when people were at the very worst, you loved us the very most, and you sent Jesus and Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection, offers us true, true life. Thank you. Thanks for giving someone to us to tell us. I pray that you will give us the courage to tell others. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.